0: Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to those of you that are on live stream. If you're on one of our platforms, we want to welcome you today. Thanks for choosing to worship with us. It's wonderful. Let them hear your voices, guys. Uh, My name is Jacqueline Snape, and I'm the executive pastor here at New Life, Um, and so it's my pleasure and joy to be able to share with you all this morning. So um, we have been on this series on Romans 8, if you've been tuning in for a little bit of a while or you've been here in person. Um, And so if you have not uh, caught up to this point, we want to encourage you, please go back, listen to the sermons. Um, You will not find this wasted time. There's some great stuff in there that we want to make sure that you take advantage of as well. Um, And so today we're going to be looking at Romans 8 and we're going to be looking at chapters 26 and 26. And 27. It's Romans 8, chapters 26, I mean verses 26 and 27. And here is the reading of the word. Verse 26: In the same way, the Spirit helps us. And the Amplified Version. I love this piece. It says, "He comes to our aid, and he bears us up in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans." In verse 27, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And so this morning we're going to focus primarily on verse 26. Again, in the same way the Spirit helps us, he comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity and the joy to be with you, with each other, whether we're in this room, whether we're experiencing it from the presence of our own homes. It is always a joy to be able to meet you. And we pray that you open our hearts, that you open our ears, help us to hear what you would have us to hear, and help us to internalize the message that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So a couple of weeks ago, um, I hit a wall. And for those of you that kind of know this emotionally healthy discipleship language, you know that there is a part of the teaching on the wall. Um, so this wasn't a life-altering wall. It wasn't that. But it was definitely a point where I had to stop. Um, and it was a, a significant moment for me. I don't know if it was an accumulation of all the losses you know, that we've experienced, all of us, over this year and a half. Um, I think it was partly that, I think it was partly that there were so many personal losses that we had in my family. It felt like every single day there was somebody that we knew that was either dying, that was in some sort of of turmoil where it was experiencing some kind of real health difficulty. And then all three of our children, our three adult children, all of them were going through these significant life changes as well. You know, outside of COVID, life just happens, right? So there's still difficulties and there's still challenges that we're all going through. And then on top of that, I have an injury to my foot. And this injury at times can give me just excruciating pain. Some of you know what that's like. And so I felt like I was under water. Those of you that are swimmers, you think that's a joyous thing. Those of you that don't swim, You know what I mean. It was not a good feeling. And so some of you, you're sitting here today and you are feeling that right now. Some of you are watching and you're feeling that right now. You are experiencing that sense of just the tide sweeping over you. That's your point of weakness. Where are you weak? Where are you weak right now in this moment? Where do you need God to bear you up right now in this moment? The challenge is that Romans presents a world that God is working on in us individually in the church and for the sake of all creation. He's working on that right now and it's a beautiful work. It's a beautiful work in us and there's more beautiful work to come. But that does not mean that we're not experiencing challenges here and now. Pastor Sharon gave us a wonderful message a few weeks ago, and she reminded us we're not slaves, that we are children of the Most High God. We are adopted into this beautiful family that he is growing and creating. And we recognize that, and we embrace that. And at the same time, how can we not mourn and feel weak when we think about the devastating loss of life over this year and a half. How can we not experience weakness? How can we not mourn when one of the things we wanted was to come back to normal, right? But unfortunately, in our world, normal means mass shootings every week right? We just had one. I don't even remember the cities anymore. I don't know the names because it's a constant flow of destruction. How can we not feel weak and we not mourn when we notice the violence against Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, African Americans, and it goes on and on and on. In the face of that, we feel weak. We feel there is nothing that we can do. Everything is so big. The challenges are so massive that the only response sometimes is to just groan. I read a story this past week, and maybe some of you caught it um, in the newspaper, and it's about this mom. She's a local mom, lives in, uh, in Queens here, and she's undocumented. She has five children. Um, and before the pandemic, she was making about $350 a week working at a local business. Now, you know, $350 a week, that's, that's a struggle right there, right? But during COVID, she lost her job. And so now she is living on one $100 a week. 100. I said a week. $100. And so she gets most of her food from food banks and from the public schools and stores that up and saves it up to try to feed her children. She does little crafts and sells little things on the streets and she keeps the last $20 in her little pile, she has, you know, her little set of singles and fives and she keeps this $20 here just in case one of her children gets sick and she has to take them to urgent care. And so one day her son, he said to her, he said, mommy, do you need money? And she said yes. And so he took a cereal box and he cut out the cereal box and he made this little ATM machine. And he filled it with pieces of paper, phony money, toy money. And he pulled out one that had $100 written on it and he gave it his, here mommy. So sometimes I feel like that, that child, right? What I have to offer, it just seems like it's nothing in comparison to what is needed in the circumstances that we're facing. And even as I talk about weakness, I know for some of you just listening right here, some of you that are watching and you're listening, even the thought of admitting your weakness is difficult because to be weak sounds like at shame, right? We come from a world where weakness is not valued. Nobody goes to work and just like, hey, when they ask you an interview question, what's one of your, your greatest traits? Nobody stands up and says, I'm weak and I'm proud. <laughs> Nobody does that, right? Some of you, even in your own families, you grew up not even being able to tell your parents that you were weak, right? And you have to always be strong for everyone, constantly. But the thing is, this world, even though we are stewards of this world, we're not the creators of this world. And God never intended for us to live in that false reality. We get to be weak. We get to be weak because in God's world, weakness, your weakness, my weakness, it's not a place of shame. Our weakness is a place of salvation. Hear me, our weakness is not a place of shame, no matter what your parents told you, no matter what the world tells you, no matter what your friends tell you. It's not a place of shame. God says your weakness is a place of salvation. And in verse 26, right, he tells us that in this weakness, this is the very place that when we're able to come to grips and admit to our weakness, this is the very place he comes right to our rescue. He bears us up in that space where we need him. When I was a young Christian and, and you know, we were, I was learning the book of Romans and they talked about these verses in particular, I was kind of taught that this was primarily a, a, a piece of scripture that talked about um, intercession. And, and you know, the idea was kind of, you know, here I am and I have this, this weakness and God then takes it to this place and he intercedes in the heavens. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't happen and we know that is true, but I think that there's also something a little bit more intimate that the Holy Spirit wants to share with us today. Because the Holy Spirit, he's with us, right? He's in us. He's here. He's present. He's not in some distant place. That was the whole reason Jesus left us. He said, when I leave, I'm going to bring you the comforter. The comforter is going to reside in you. He's going to reside with you. He'll be your teacher. He'll be your constant companion. He will hold you up and see you through. And since he is here and he is inside of us, we get the opportunity to demonstrate for the world today what God's intention is for it and all creation, right? We are the down payment. We're the example of what God is doing in the earth and we get to show it today and we get to point to that future that is yet to come. We get to be there today and we get to point to the future. So by virtue of that, we're in formation, right? We're not complete, we're not all there, this is not done. It's a wonderful journey, but we're in formation. And so the reality is we are going to be weak. We're gonna have times of weakness. We are going to have times of weakness. But we have to remember our weakness is not a point of shame. It's not a place of shame. But it is indeed a place of salvation. Now this is where the sermon is going to get controversial. And so I just need you guys to kind of bear with me. Um, And I have to admit something to you. Please do not judge me. Please. So I have not seen... The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I know I, I, you know, my boss is here, you know, Pastor Rich is here. Like, I have to, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Don't judge me, people. Don't judge me. I know y'all are judging me right now. I know those, you watching, I know you're judging me too. I haven't seen it, but I have seen several Marvel movies. I have seen, I've been around for a few more than a lot of you have been around for, Okay. And so one thing I love about Marvel characters is they all have a weakness, right? My favorite, my all-time favorite, Spider-Man, all-time favorite. Look, don't email me. I'm just telling you how it is. All-time favorite. Spider-Man, Peter Parker, his weakness is he's human. And every person that he loves, every person he cares for is in danger just because they know him. And then we have Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Look, don't talk to me about X-Men. She's a Marvel character, original Marvel character. Email me, I'll prove it, okay? I stand on that. Jean Grey has this enormous, world-shattering power. Enormous. She's a nuclear holocaust, right? But that very power is her weakness. You and I, we have weaknesses as well. How can't we? And so where is your place of weakness? Where is your place of weakness? Where do you need God to bear you up? Where is that? Carlo Corretto, an Italian mystic, he he lived in the 20th century, and he was born in northern Italy, and he was called by God, he felt, to live a cloistered life, and so he went to northern Africa um, to live in a hermitage there, and uh, after 10 years, he was allowed to leave for a period of time and go visit his mom back home in northern Italy, and he had an observation when he went to see her. He said that he had spent his whole life in prayer, hours and hours and hours daily in prayer, in solitude. But his mom, who had spent her 30 years raising children, being in the community, living this active life, he felt that she was a greater contemplative and more loving, more gentle than he was. Imagine that. He spent hours and hours of his life in prayer daily, and he's not saying this was wrong. This was right for him. This is what he was called to, but he said that she was more loving and more contemplative than he was, and I think part of that, as he described, it was because raising small children, those of you that have done so or have cared for small children, you know it brings a certain something out of you right? It brings a compassion out of you. And it can bring a love out of you that you did not even know that you had. And I bring up this story because I think this is great news for us. Because what it says to me is that God does not just bear up those who are living a cloistered life. He doesn't just bear up those that pray hours and hours and hours every day. He doesn't just bear up monks in monasteries. He's there for us right here, right now in the lives that we are called to. We're like Coretto's mom. We live the active life. We're living in this world today. And so this is where we will experience our weakness in the world, in our lives, in the dailiness, our everyday, sometimes mundane situations. This is where we'll experience our weakness. And for you, it could be being home, like his mom, taking care of small children. Or it could be caring for someone that you know that's ill or infirm. Or it could also be in your job as you have a small business or maybe you're a banker or maybe you work for the Department of Sanitation or maybe you're a teacher. Wherever your life is, wherever you are experiencing your life, that is where he is coming to be present with you in your weakness to bear you up. When you have a health emergency, and it doesn't matter where you are, I don't care if you're in a subway, I don't care if you're at your place of work, if you're in your backyard, you dial 911. Correct? You don't sit and think, oh my gosh, do I look okay? Do I need to mow the grass because I'm out here in the backyard and I don't want them to see my grass? You don't think about all that. You reach out, it's an emergency, you dial 911. And when you admit your weakness, and you open up to God, it's like that 911 call. He's like that EMS worker, he comes right to you, wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, whatever you're going through, he shows up. He shows up, and he bears you up in your weakness. Because remember, your weakness It's not a place of shame, it's a place of God's salvation for you. Remember what I told you as I opened up and I told you my story and um, just how I was doing and how I was feeling? Well, as that unfolded, I was in my normal place, my normal place of work, just like all of you are in, you know, doing what I normally do, um, working at home. And when I had this last thing happen and I had this last experience and this last grief, I sat there and I said to myself, um, I, 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 was so, I was so confused, I was so disoriented, I really didn't even know what to do. And so I had shared earlier um, with those on our pastoral staff that I was going through this difficult time and that I was struggling. but I was still kind of not paying attention to it. You know, do you ever have that experience where you kind of know something's going on with you, but you're not really paying attention? And so um, I was preparing for a meeting that I was going to have with Pastor Matt. Um, he's our next gen pastor for those of you that don't know him, and I just said, uh, you know I just need a couple of minutes and you know I'll, I'll pop into the meeting and then he responded back to me and he said, Would you like to cancel? And you know, that may not sound like a big deal, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that. Because at that moment, I was not stopping and recognizing that I was underwater. I just wasn't seeing it. I wasn't experiencing it. I'm the youngest in my family, but actually, I functioned as an oldest child. And so um, my my script and my story that I tell myself is that I need to take care of everybody else. I need to look after everybody else because what I'm going through is really not that big a deal compared to what other people are going through. And so, you know, I just need to put those things aside. But this moment, I had to stop. I had to stop. And I didn't go into a prayer closet. I didn't go anyplace special. I did not pull out my Bible. I did not do anything. I sat right there. And I just let my weakness come out. And I sobbed and I cried and I allowed the Holy Spirit to bear me up. And when he comes to bear you up, It means that he gives you comfort. He gives you a sense of strength. He gives you courage for the journey. I was still sad and I was still mourning and these losses were still real. They didn't disappear. But he gave me the courage and the strength to continue my journey. When I think about that little boy that I talked about earlier, I wonder, you know, it could sound like it was a trivial action, right? That what he did didn't make any difference because after all, it's play money and mom needed real money, right? But maybe that act of love, maybe that act of love was a sign from the Holy Spirit just to let this mom know, I see you. I'm thinking about you. You don't think anybody is paying attention to you, but I'm showing you through your son that I'm listening, that I see you, that I hear you, that I'm present with you. Just maybe that was a signal to her to know that in her weakness, right where she was, regardless of her circumstances, that God was present. To bear her up. And so, what about you? Where is your weakness? Where do you need to confess your weakness to God? Where do you need to allow him to come and be with you and bear you up? Where is that for you? In a couple of minutes, Pastor Rich is going to come and we're going to share communion together. And that's the perfect place to bear your weakness. Coming to the table is a perfect opportunity to just let God see your heart, see your suffering, see where you're at, and restore you, give you courage and strength for the journey. But before we do that, I just want to just indulge me a bit, you know, um, I want to share something with you guys and just as a kind of a proclamation to encourage us um, and to recognize that God is so active in our lives. There's a song that has um, Im- impacted me. Um, it's by the artist Her, some of you know, um, and Torin Wells. And so I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind, if you would stand with me, those of you that are watching, um, if you just would like to bow your head, maybe you just want to let these words kind of wash over you and bring you encouragement. And this song is called Hold Us Together, and the chorus goes like this. It says, you're the keeper, protector. It is you that holds us together. When everything else fails us, it is you that holds us together. And I'd like us to say that together, just as a proclamation up to our God, a recognition of how we see him. Let's say this together. You're the keeper, protector. It is you that holds us together. When everything else fails us, it is you that holds us together. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your boundless love towards us. We thank you, Lord God, that we can freely admit our weaknesses, We thank you, God, that our weaknesses are not something that we need to hide from, but that our weakness is the place of salvation. Our weakness is the place where you desire to come and bear us up, to give us courage, to give us strength for this journey. Because in our weakness, God, our humanity can come up and we can grow to be the people that you have called us to be, to signal the work that you desire to do in this world, in us, through us, and for the ages to come. So, God, we pray, come and meet us today and in the days to come. Help us to open our arms, open our hearts, show you our weakness. We know that you will bear us up and give us strength for this journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. We're going to receive communion together. And so feel free to take out, uh, hold on to the elements for those who will be watching online as well. Feel free to grab those, grab those elements. Before I read you a passage of scripture and we receive it, I want to give us a moment for our own repentance. When we come to the table, we do so in a spirit of repentance. And for many of us, when we hear the word repentance, we often think, wow, I've done something really bad and I have to turn back to God. But repentance is not simply about you did something bad and now you have to turn to God. Repentance is about bringing your whole self to God. And I wonder today, where do you need to repent and which In what ways have you not embraced weakness? Repentance says, I'm turning to the Lord and acknowledging my weakness and positioning myself for God's salvation, for God's healing, for God's intervention. Where have you been denying your weakness? Maybe you've been denying it by not confessing your sins to others, acknowledging your struggles. But I want to give you about 30 seconds or so in silence to offer your own repentance to God. Lord, I have shied away from my weakness. And I want to turn to you now fully. And then we'll pray a prayer of confession. Let me invite you to close your eyes for a moment and just offer your own repentance to the living God. Amen. Let's pray this prayer of confession that we have on the screen together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and our neighbor through our own faults, in thought, in word, in deed, in what we have done and what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us all our offenses And grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. The Lord Jesus, in the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As the people of God, freely forgiven by the broken body of Jesus Christ, let's all receive together. same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he returns as the people of god freely forgiven by the blood of jesus christ let's all receive together Lord, we thank you for the gifts of bread and the cup. A meeting place where our weakness is surrendered to you in love. And a place where we find strength from the Holy Spirit. May these elements nourish us this week. May these elements help us to pull us to you. May the bread and the cup make us fully aware of our weakness and the freedom that's found in confessing it. And May we find strength, Lord, strength to overcome temptation, strength to overcome shame, strength to overcome guilt. Lord, give us everything we need this week. And We pray these things in Christ's name amen. As we close our service, first of all, let's give it up for Pastor Jackie for teaching us and leading us. Jackie, thank you for the gift you've given us today in your life and opening up the scriptures to us. Uh, We have much to reflect on this week in offering ourselves to God. Uh, When I bless you all, Pastor Jackie will come up and she'll give some instructions. And so after the final blessing, just sit down for about a minute and then she'll give some final instructions. Uh, We're not going to have a sermon discussion time for those of you watching online. We actually have an annual meeting that's starting at 1.30. And so we're not having a a sermon uh, discussion time. But if you've been watching this today, uh, whether you're in this room or watching online and something has been awakening in your soul. You're tired of trying to survive on your own strength. Trying to do it without God. Trying to do it without the bearing up of the Holy Spirit and you're saying I'm tired of doing it myself. Especially when God's power is available to you. If you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. If you've never opened up your heart to receiving him. On the screen and on uh, on the screen here and on the screen where you're watching, there's a phone number that you can text us a phrase, yes to Jesus. And one of our pastors would love to uh, reach out to you, pray with you, help you get started on your journey. And maybe some of you, maybe you have said yes to Jesus some time ago, but you feel like, I want to come back. Maybe you're baptized and you say, I want to come back. I I just need someone to pray for me, to talk with me. Uh, Text yes to Jesus, that number. And one of our pastors would be happy uh, to follow up with you. As I, as I mentioned at the end of the uh, at the beginning of the service, I'll be outside with some of our pastors as well to greet you down in the porch area. If you're new here, feel free to introduce yourself. I'd love to meet you before uh, you head out. Uh, but let me bless you all as we leave. For those of you watching online, drop that coffee right now. Put down those eggs and uh, open your hands towards heaven. I know what you guys were doing when I wasn't watching, when you weren't in, in this place here. You were eating and watching the service, all right? Put that coffee down right now. Now open your hands and receive a blessing. And for those of you in this room, open your hands and your hearts to receive a blessing uh, as we leave this place. Brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building and out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit, confessing your weakness. And finding that confession to be the place of your strength, the place of your salvation, the place of your freedom. I bless you all in the strong, in the beautiful, in the resurrected name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Grace and peace to you all.